What's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Stereotherapy. I'm your host, Lisa. And of course, we've got Justine right here with me. If you're new here, this is the show that showcases the importance of music and mental health. Remember, if you want to help support our little show, all you have to do is leave a positive rating or review on any app you are currently listening to this right now. We would really appreciate it a lot. And it just, it would mean a lot. You can also hit the follow button and subscribe to our show so you never miss a new episode. They go up every Tuesday. We won't send you a barrage of emails, anything like that. It'll just say, hey, there's an episode and who knows, you may like it. So go ahead and do that again. It would mean a lot. And now that we've got that little spiel out of the way, uh, today we're going to be celebrating our favorite records that are turning 20 this year. And we're so excited to do this like we did last time with the 2003 ones. But this is a pretty good list. But then I'm finding when I gave it to Justine that like there's some that like she didn't like as much. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to hear our takes. But we're really excited. So if we don't cover some this time, we're, we'll do another episode to fill in that. But Justine, I personally know it's been a week for you. How are you doing today? What's going on with you? Um, I'm not going to lie. Mental health is not doing great. Um, mm -hmm. And in turn, like my physical is kind of my physical health kind of, you know, really rough in it as well. So it, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm getting through it, but I'm yeah. here. Um, I'm ready to talk about good music. So I'm glad you're here because I. Ugh. Like, we won't get personal with it, but I just know you're going through a lot, and I love you so much, and I hate being so far away and that aspect. And I, my mental health has been really kind of shitty, too. I'm just going to say it. Not for the same reasons as you, and it's going to sound kind of silly, but I'm just going to be open because I've said it a couple things to people, like, in a little rants on social media. But, like, I love this podcast, right? Like, we love it, and I love doing it, and I love creating, but I would not be truthful if I didn't say like when I saw that like we got a one star rating and it's not about the numbers right it's not legitimately I know people say yeah right but like we work so hard on this podcast together when we're not putting out a, a episode I'm learning how to edit I spent like four hours the other day learning how to edit and match volumes because sometimes your guests are lower on zoom it's just is life it happens but Literally, I spent four hours and then I figured it out and I was so proud of myself. And then I see the one star. And like, look, are we a five star? No. But like, are we a one star? Also, no. And it just really like hit me. I, I think the thing is when people are rating, I don't think they understand that like if you're going to rate something really low, mm -hmm. okay, like you can't do that and not leave comments. Right. Right. Um, because you can't grow and fix things if you don't explain why you are seeing this as a one star. And again, like it's not about the ratings and everything, but at the same time, like we want to be able to fix anything that we can possibly do. And we want to grow from, you know, anything that we can. And we can't do that if you don't like explicitly tell us why your rating is so low and I feel like that's with anything in general including yeah. my personal situation right now if somebody, somebody can't fix something if mm -hmm. you don't explain why yeah and it just is annoying 
Because it's like, again, I know the issues. I don't like try not to start on a negative note, but I'll just be honest. Like it no, hit me where it's like as a creative, okay. you, and I know it's part of putting yourself out there. And as a creative, you work so damn hard. And then when someone does that and it was just like, dude, the episode that we just put out, had I just put it out how it was, it would have been, a, and no disrespect to our guests, it wouldn't have sounded good because everybody's lower just as how it is with Zoom. But like, I spend so much time learning, constantly learning everything and researching guests and doing all this. And I, it just really made me mad. And like in a thing with them. Well, I think too, like as much as we talk about how both of us like have a lot of anxiety and we overthink things. So like, if you don't explain it, we're like, okay, wait, was, what was so bad? So it kind of will send a spiraling because we're like, wait, which which aspect of it <laughs> is that bad for you, you but, know? But the, it, it, then I had to sit and think too, you know what, for uh, that one star, we have so many incredible people that listen to this thing week after week that support us and that's what counts and that's what I'm focusing on. But I'll be honest, this past week, I was just like, ah like fuck <laughs> like i was so mad um but whatever you know what it is what it is so i'm better because we get to talk about some really good music and i know people are excited about this so i know that people will enjoy this one but yeah like just being a creative and i'll say i listen to back kaylee goldsworthy's episode uh a lot this week <laughs> and the things she said and just uh just things to keep in perspective so yeah, sorry to be a downer, but we're going to have a really good episode. But I have to just say, like, yeah. And I think it's real for us to be open about that. Like, sometimes our mental health is yeah. shit, too. And we're on here and we're talking about music and mental health and we enjoy it. Yeah. But sometimes, like, be real. Like, well, speak, that's speak the thing. Like, the, part, the part of, like, breaking the stigma is talking about when you are having lows. And yeah. we both have discussed, like, everything that we personally struggle with so like if we were to fake it like how is that going to help anybody so um that just goes to show you like i can especially say this past week has been the lowest i've been in a very long time um so if i was to lie i mean i think everybody would probably hear a little bit in my inflection probably mm -hmm. the next couple like episodes that something was going on but um like, what's the point in lying? Like, why would we have this podcast if we were just to pretend to be happy all the time? Mm -hmm. And that's why I love you, Justine. You always put it real. That's why we had our fun little date. Justine is good right now, I would say, as far as like us together right now, because we had a really good Zoom, just fun time the other day, which I was so happy with. Yeah. And and like, I just, I adore you. So like, I'm glad that you're here. And again, want everyone to know Justine wanted to power through because I told her she could take a break too. Like she does not have to power through this. So it's a good distraction. So again, by you listening to this, you're giving Justine a good distraction. So I appreciate that because I'm a mama bear when it comes to Justine. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, I mean, so with this episode, like it's wild that we're going to dive into these records. And if you clicked on it, you already know what records we're talking about. And if you saw the promo I put out before, I totally changed it because I realized I was a little psycho with doing five records. <laughs> so we're not doing five <laughs> records because that would be insane. So those records will be in the next one. Don't worry. Um, but just really excited because like we're diving into these records and that means I turned 20 this year. A lot of them are in the summer and fall of of 
2004 when they came out. But I just feel like it's like these records just came out yesterday. And it's just awesome to go back. And I guess the first record we're going to dive in, and it's one we both love. Um, well, all three of these we like. Like I know we were a little indifferent mm-hmm. on the used, but like for three, cheers for sweet. Well, records. it's still, you know, still here. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, with three cheers for sweet revenge, obviously my chem. And honestly, this was the record when I put up. Hey, what's your favorite? Uh, the majority who said this one out of all the ones. Yeah, I mean, this record came out in 2004 in June. If we're being specific, but although like they had, you know, you brought me bullets. I feel this was the introduction to my chem, at least for so many around me. For most people. It, it absolutely was. And I'm like, I'm not okay was everywhere. You could possibly be that summer. Um, and I remember going to Sam Goody to get the CD. I mean, I'm dating myself right there. But I also remember that 2004 Warp Tour, they were on that small, tiny stage. And by 2005, they were headlining it on the big stage. And it just seems like... Everybody under the sun wanted to see this band, be around this band. And I remember just being completely smashed in the Warped Tour crowd in 2005 and having to get out. Because, like, people were just going insane for this band. And I know Mm -hmm. it was this record that made that. And it's like, hearing this record, I knew they would be this big thing. And I feel like, I know I said this many times, but they're just that band that can't be lumped in any category. Whether it's pop punk, punk, goth, hardcore they are just simply my chem and there's nothing else to be said about them. They just, I mean, on this record, when you look at it, they open up with Helena and I feel like it's so fitting for this record and setting the theme of the cover art and just the theme of the record and obviously the music video. But I mean, I just remember hearing that opening track and like, this is for me, that angsty kid I was. And although Helena isn't my top favorite track, and I'll say that just because, like, I feel everybody says that. And you know me, like, I have to be different, even though, like, who can- I still love it. But I guess I would say, like, as a t- kid teen, I just felt so instantly cool listening to this record, as weird as that sounds. But I just think people also have to remember, right? Like, back in 2004, you were probably made fun of for listening to stuff like this. But this was not like the cool thing like it is now. Like you see in TikTok and everything and the aesthetic of being an, I guess, quote unquote, emo kid. You were being made fun of like 100% for listening to anything like this. And their music videos were just so good and pure art. And it makes sense. But I really sank my teeth back into this record because I really wanted to highlight it with us talking about it. And I feel so many talk about the Black Parade record. But this was my favorite era. And like, honestly, also the Danger Days one that everybody shits on. But whatever. I I don't care. Um, It's so good. But my highlight tracks for this record, Give Em Hell Kid. Because that opening was just something that still grabs me. And how Gerard just comes in so fiercely. I'm not okay because, come on, this was the song and everybody's MySpace profiles back then. And it's just so, so good. And I remember this music video and them sitting on the steps and it just is so good. Uh, you got to quote it? Oh my God, I almost, I was like, <laughs> no, I almost was. I was like, oh my God. And if anyone knows, like we legitimately have talked about doing a promo like that, but I can't figure out how to do it. But it, it, it'll come one day, I'll just, do it. The Jet Set Life is going to kill you. Again, this song just sounds so different and it's still go-to for me. And honestly, my favorite part of this song is... (laughs) 
I'm trying not to butcher this because I love this and I always sing this part. But it's where Gerard's like, you know, you check into the Hotel de la Muerte. Um, now that I've butchered that and like someone probably shut this off right now. But that is my favorite <laughs> part of that song. And I love that song. My Spanish teachers are going to kill me because I've taken like four years of Spanish. But probably just embarrass myself. But I don't care. I love that song. That's like my favorite part of the whole thing. Cemetery Drive. Bring it back, Lisa. Bring it back. Uh, this song just makes me so happy whenever I would see it live. And again, that theme of death was just something as a teen we all liked for some odd reason. Uh, maybe we still do now. Um, but live, this one just hit. And I think that's why I had to put it as one of my favorites. But again, this record just stuck with me. And I love the outfits and the theme and just everything about this record. And I think if you were going to stack this record from this time and a bunch of them, this one would be on a Mount Rushmore of the emo 2000s, you know, early 2000s and what it represented. And Justine, I got to know because you're a huge My Chem fan. We obviously yeah. have our My Chem episode. For you, what about this record? Like, I got to know. Um, So I believe that I found this about this album specifically through like a magazine. I mm -hmm. It's hard to keep track anymore. Like, no, I, I know. Same like reasons how I found bands back then, but I think it was through a magazine how they looked. Uh, their looks from this era just really knew how to pull me in as a spooky goth girl. And like even when um, I talked about how big they were for me to my boyfriend Tim, and he was like, "Well, that makes total sense. Why this would be out of all the emo bands your favorite because yeah. they're like the gothiest version." Yep. out of most of them. Um, so he was like, "That totally makes sense for you." Um, the music videos are just so beautifully done, um, which I still feel to this day are some of the best music videos that there are. Hundred percent agree with you on that. But I mean, not even just for this album, just like any Mike mm -hmm. Kim music videos were always done just to complete perfection. Uh, it was seen more as like almost like a little film than it was just like, you know, a video to a song. Every one of their music videos have always been great. But this era of them were just so like... Ugh, just so beautifully done like because i mean i want to say gothy but like so are the the black parade ones obviously mm -hmm. but what if my absolute favorite songs from this album has always been to the end mm -hmm. um when i was younger i always wanted to have it played at my wedding <laughs> i don't know if that will come to fruition or not we'll see it better just seem <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how we piece it in there but you know um <laughs> I also just really love Thank You for the Venom yeah. uh, with lines like, I'm just the way the doctor made me and what's life like bleeding on the floor. And if this is what you want, um, then fire it will. It just really hit um, my teenage kid's self who felt left out and out of place and but was a people pleaser inside my heart. Um just the whole album as a whole is wonderful, but these two songs in particular just were the like just straight to my heart. And just to this day, that or those are two songs that I listen to still on playlist and stuff. No, I 
like you nailed it too because I haven't had to go through and remember that the ghost of you was on this record because yeah. I thought that for sure was Black Parade. I don't know how, but no, it's just, no, yeah. it fit. But it's like you're talking about the music videos because I think of that about that one specifically and just like you knew you were getting a band and obviously you knowing Gerard Way did go to art school and what he's done yeah. with um oh my god the umbrella it definitely shines yeah. it, it definitely and I think like it's just they were such a league of their own they still are and I wish this was the record at when we were young not that I'm going because it's just I don't know who knows maybe but um I wish Fingers it was crossed. this. I wish it was this freaking <laughs> record. It's so like uh diving back into it before we recorded was a lot of fun because I was instantly transported back to when I was younger and like all into it. And I think I think it's only fitting though. If we're gonna talk, well, before we do that, um, I gotta say, if you love this record or any of these records, say hi to us on our socials. We're at stereo.therapy on all of them and let us know because I would love your takes because we want to hear them but but again if it's only fitting if we're going to talk about Mike Hem, we've got to just go into our next record the used in love and death because I feel these two bands specifically during this era went together uh, and I know their friendship which I hope is still there I don't know I've heard some things but um I just we have to go into the used in love and death and Justine, I know we've t- talked a little bit <laughs> about it. And I remember you even saying like a little bit of your thoughts. But like, what yeah. are your thoughts on In Love and Death and around that time? All that good stuff. Because I want to know. Because I think we're going to have a different take on this record. Well, maybe just a tinge, but not yeah. like. Oh, no. Not like crazy. No, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. I was a huge fan of their first debut album that came out. Mm -hmm. So I was very excited for this album. So I was ready. You know, I prepared for this album to come out. Um, I still stand by personally, though, that the first one is their best. But I still did love this album. I think one of the biggest things for me that maybe is why the first album for me is more personally hitting. It's just because this one's definitely revolves more about love. <laughs> you know what? Okay. So that's so and funny. I like that's so that's why that's probably. So yeah, when I go into why yeah. I exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. So yep. during this time era in my life, I was not about being romantic and lovey because I didn't have that so like <laughs> it was like I'm very it was kind of like the opposite I was like I wanted things dark I wanted things yeah. that talked about you know why love wasn't great and stuff like that because I didn't have it so like I think that's why this album in particular didn't land as hard for me as it did for a lot of people but I still liked it I really loved all that I got mm-hmm. um, for me, the lyrics I I personally took as um, not having the reactions that people think you should be having in a certain time with lyrics like so deep it didn't even bleed. I'll be just fine pretending I'm not. 
And as a girl who's had to mask and deal with alexithymia, which is when you can't um, understand what feelings you need to be feeling, um, I related to it like that. And of course, under pressure uh-huh. for me, because if you know me, you know, I am a huge Queen and David Bowie fan. So having Gerard and Burt seeing this was a dream for me. Um, but I mean, the album as a whole is pretty good. Again, like just I think the themes that I had on is the reason why I didn't take it as huge as other people did. But it's still a really good, solid album for sure no it is and it's it's so funny you said that because as i was listening to this record i was just reminded of a time when i was in such a that teenage like love thing and just being and i was also a huge used fan I'm very jealous of anyone that get that's that gets to see this record because it's been a hot minute. I I did I have seen them do it before. Yeah. And I think that's why it's also with the when we were young and knowing how expensive it is. And I'm kind of like, it'll be like a thousand dollar day, and you know there's overlap, and you know they're not going to get through all of these records in the time s- slots they're going to have. There's no way, especially Coheed. You know, there's a lot of records that are more. Um, time and there's just no way and I just I don't know not being negative about it because I would love to go but it's just as like uh, like again it's amazing but I'm hoping somehow I don't know there'll be recordings or whatever of it because I would love to see it because I I literally loved this record I remember being a waitress at Chili's (laughs) back in the day but a lot of people that worked there had similar music than me so sometimes on our break we would go out to our cars and listen and this was a record that was always in and it was just so huge for me at that time and again it came out in fall of 2004 which makes sense when you listen to the themes of this record Um, but it opens up with take it away which come on like as an opener track you really can't get anything better than that and I think, I mean, they even have like the one lyric where it's like, and I lost all doubt in a chemical romance. And I know that's because them and my chem were like this, you know, and I'm hoping that things were mended somehow. I don't know, because that would be amazing for yeah. them to come together for under pressure. That would be amazing to hear that well, and see I that. I saw an interview recently, I believe with Bert, and he was saying that he would love to make that happen okay so i'm curious if oh. they managed to pull that out well that would be amazing and that would be worth yeah. it everybody but i was a huge also just like i think this record was just everywhere and i mean so many people either really adored it or were like eh. for me it was just being that angsty teen and i was super into guys that looked like burt mccracken at the time <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not gonna like I don't care like I've always been into guys like that um who, which is wild if people look at me now <laughs> but I was just super so that's what drew me to the used um and I'll say I was a teenager in a teenage band crush uh but I was just super into that it made me just die further into the used and uh 
I'm just laughing at my teenage Off self. topic, though, do you remember the t-shirt they had out around then where it was, like, making fun of that Jesus shirt where it yes. was, like, Jesus is my homeboy, but it was, uh, like, Bert is my homeboy? So, it's so funny because, one, I had that shirt, and I also had the <laughs> Pete Wentz is my homeboy because Fall Out Boy. I had that shirt, too. Um, it's, like, both of those. And uh, it just, I don't know. Like, I think... It's amazing to go back and listen to these records again because, again, it wasn't this cool thing it is now with the countless influencers around. And it just was, I felt like the youth was that band for the misfits, quote unquote. And I think when you look at some people that have really, really loved this band or this record, it makes sense versus some people, including my fiance, that's like, I never was a used guy. I'm like, well, yeah, I could, I could have told you that and not in a mean way, but like, you know, like just certain people that I feel gravitated towards them and this record. And I just think that it's amazing that we're loving the revival and I'm sure it just proves that it wasn't a phase and these records are standing the test of time and how this music was so special and for, us in the quote-unquote misunderstood kids and I guess the youth just again really represented that and for me I just loved this record and maybe it was I was just warm and fuzzy I was in art school I was having crushes on people and like I don't know I was just in the mood but I caught fire so many memories with it including again the crushes I had around me but I would never speak on but I just it made me feel warm and fuzzy uh let it bleed I just love the overall tone of this one and i'm not even talking about the lyrics but musically it was just something that caught me and again a lot of my favorite things and songs are from watching this band live and i remember when this record came out and seeing the used a lot and having that attachment all that i've got is another one like much like you just seen where it's like you know far from lonely and it's just it's like one of those things and it was a different one and i guess that quote-unquote emo kid in me or whatever. But I just was so attached to this song. And I can't tell you how many moments I had while listening to this song, whether it was with friends or on my own or just being lonely. This song was always mm-hmm. on. And it still yeah. is. And I loved the music video for it too. Um, sound effects and overdramatics. I loved this one so much, whether it was the arrangement or just how it was live. It was just so, so good. And I hope that they get to play this one when we when we were young. Um, and I know people are gonna say, oh, of course they are. But like I said, I don't think it's gonna be the whole album. I think it's gonna be songs from the record or as many as they can fit in their time slot. Um, because I still don't believe they're gonna pull that off, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I like how this song would go from calm to just mayhem. And I think that's what I loved about the used and this record is there were moments of that and you heard Bert's voice. And I think that's what a lot of people, if you weren't into that rough screaming especially on this song, you didn't like it. You just weren't a fan. But I got to go with, of course, I feel like almost everybody's favorite is I'm a fake because, I mean, come on, that opening part, which I'm trying to learn it because I would love to do like some kind of fun promo with it and like get people to stitch it and see if they can do it too. Because when people talk about their national anthem, I swear that opening of I am a fake was every single one of us that liked it you were singing that part or 
whatever it was. And I know even being a girl, I was like, this is my angst. Like, this is my favorite track on the record. And if I could hear one song, it would be this. I want to hear I am a fake. I want to hear, I want to hear that opening monologue. <laughs> I want to do it. Lyrics, questionable, but I wanted to hear it. Uh, this record just screams my youth and it's just being around the city in Chicago and finding my own friends in the scene. And just again, being in love with guys like Burt McCracken. And it, it just is. And I love this record. And of course, like there's songs like Lunacy Fringe and things that are very different. And I think that's what the used try to always do is be a little different. Um, even on their record that came after it. I I didn't always agree with everything on this record, but I it's a it's such an important record. And the used is in general, and it just I also love how now too watching the use like Bert is so uh, happy and just mm -hmm. he's in such a better place. And I would oh, love to see that. Know. And I would love to see them live now. Right. Because when I saw them, it wasn't always. And I would just, uh, yeah. again, if you love this record, hate this record, let us know because again, like just I'm definitely thankful in that fact that I've seen them back in the day I think a couple times and then I saw them in, oh man, was it 2019? It might've been 2019 that I got to see them again at this, like that weird, remember that weird festival I talked yeah. about before where it's Circa and like Thrice. Yeah, Thrice. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And you can tell that way. Like, I love how I got to see like both sides. I got to see mm -hmm. him when he was really like, and his years of struggle and then seeing him more healthy and, both times, I got to tell you, like, no matter who, whether when he was struggling or not, he puts on such a good show, but you can tell how much happier he is now. Yes. And like, literally, that's what I think is so cool about this revival in these bands is you've seen them go through a lot of shit. And even when they were the most popular band, you know, in the scene, and even now they're still, I mean, these bands are still killing it 20 years later. We're still talking about them. But the fact that like a lot of them are in such a better place it just is amazing to see. And I, 10 out of 10, I love Burt McCracken. I would love to have him on this podcast. I just, I love him. And that yeah, I'm going to stop sounding like weird about it. But anyways, <laughs> if you love the used, you know, like he was like one of my first loves, but um, in like the most teenage girl emo crush way. Um, <laughs> uh, but we're going to do one more record because again, we're going to do more records next time. But um, this is a record that I'm really excited to talk about because this is one I've had many arguments in my house that I said it was better. The sophomore record was better than the freshman record. And we're talking, taking you back Sunday where you want to be. And I have, I have had, this is continuously, I have said, this is one of my top taking back Sunday records. And one of those situations that again, I felt the sophomore release was not a sophomore slump. It was better than the OG release. Tell all your friends. And people have fought me like crazy over this. And I understand. I love and telling all your friends. funny too, because like I, we talked about this before and you were saying that. And I was like, it's really weird because for me, it was the opposite where I'm from. <laughs> people gravitated more towards this one than they did their debut album. So it's just yeah. so funny. Sometimes so it it definitely depends, I think, sometimes, too, where you live at. Maybe, because I don't know. Like, it was just, like, I love Tell All Your Friends, but this one just, 
I don't know. Like I said, I've had many conversations. Um, friends get on me about that. They're like, no, wait. I'm like, hear me out. Just hear me out. Maybe you'll feel differently after we talk about this one. But obviously it was um, the debut of Fred Mascherino, who plays John Nolan. And I think that Taking Back Sunday was on the verge of being so huge, right? Tell All Your Friends came out. Everyone's like, oh, my God, talking about them, absolute punk, absolute press, Rolling Stone, all those magazines. It was like, oh, shit, <laughs> like there's a lineup change here. What are they going to do? And I really love the era of Fred Mascherino. I think he was fantastic with Adam's vocals. I love the sound of this record. And I just think this release was one of those things that they knew that they had to come out with something. Tell All Your Friends was huge. It was massive. It was explosive. And then whatever their sophomore CD was going to be, which a lot of people sometimes go away from, right? And they compare. And this one just delivered on so many things. And I think this record opens up with set, set phasers to stun. And which I think, again, all these records had these killer opening tracks to just grab and pull you in. And I remember seeing them on Warp shortly after this release. And again, one of the biggest crowds. And I feel this release, again, just really catapulted them into this crazy place where everybody loved Taking Back Sunday. And I know there's some people out there. I know some people personally. They keep saying, I've never listened to Taking Back Sunday. I don't like them, this and that. <laughs> Which you're lying because I I'm don't telling- think everybody, too, especially if you weren't around during those times, is that there was like big, heavy duty, like, you were into brand new or you were into taking back Sunday, but also John Nolan, when he left, he created a band called stray light. Oh my God. I love stray light. (laughs) Don't even get me started on that band. I love that. See, and like at the end of the day, it was a little bit of a blessing. Right. And you're totally right. Because my friend Jason, um, if he's listening, he gets really, really mad at me because back then (laughs) we became friends. He was very TBS and I was brand new, but I love taking back Sunday too. And we would yeah. always argue and he's like, they're better. I'm like, dude, relax. Like you can like both. Or I was you say I'm like it. Even like, if they were all fighting, who cares? Like right, I like, liked every one of them and right, I thought it was same. silly when people thought, but. Oh my God. <laughs> same. And I know there's people that have said like, I, I, oh, I didn't listen to taking back Sunday. Oh, it wasn't for me. No. They were everywhere. This band was everywhere. No way you escaped them. If you were part of the scene, part of this warp tour, I know you want to be cool and say you did you did not listen to them. And that's cool. But this band made such an impact that again, we are still talking about them. And specifically this time frame. You got to remember this time frame. And even though I haven't admittedly listened to them, a lot of their new releases, it's just not for me. Um, yeah. Very proud and happy for them. They're still going, but it's just not for me. But there's no way you could escape this band. This band was everywhere. And like you said, whether you listen to them or not, it was the, oh, the biggest feud ever, brand new and taking yeah. back Sunday. And, and then the John <laughs> Nolan, why did John yeah. Nolan leave, you know? And then like, oh, yeah. Got- Beautiful Straylight Stray Light Run, which anyone listening to does not know. Please. Yeah, because if you don't listen to Stray Light Run, go check them out. There's a song called Extra. Di- oh my gosh, what's it called? Extra. I can't even say the word. Uh, extra dental crisis. No, no. On prom night. On prom night. Thank you. I'm like, I can't say the word. Me either, Justine. I don't know how I just did that. Um, it's it's a different vibe than yeah. taking back Sunny, which is another reason why it'd be really silly to compare. Yeah, but it, but... it's 
very beautiful songs. Oh, um, my God. It's really funny because I remember one time in particular, I was at a brand new show, and there's this girl in front of me just talking about, like, the whole controversy. And, like, I don't like taking back Sunday. Like, I know what they did. And, like, it was just, like, all this, like, weird hey, I had- And I was just, like who cares just listen to music so, but being weird about it like as much as I want to say not be weird I was that kid at a TBS show where the mics are for singing that swinging uh brand new sweatshirt that I had so as much as I want to sit here and say oh don't be that way I was that way and I don't care <laughs> but, but and I totally did and I love that sweater I mean, um, you know I think we've all dealt with some kind of discourse in our younger years when it comes to bands like Backstreet Boys against NSYNC and you know, oh, yeah. Don't Christina even started, versus Britney. Christina versus Britney. Um, th- there's always gonna be this weird discourse between between bands and singers that sometimes there's not even any validity in it. It's just like what the fans have decided is a huge discourse sometimes. Oh, <laughs> but like it happens. But I just remember just like standing there. I was like, what brought that up? Because I think it was like past the the main discourse even and I was like why are you still arguing about this oh a hundred percent anytime I would say I would see brand new like my friends would always say oh if they were taking back Sunday I was like oh guys come on but it no so yeah as I'm saying like you could not escape this band even if you say you definitely heard at least one song um and whether you liked it or not that's whatever you know but I felt like with this where you want to be record they had a lot to prove and I think they like surpassed that. I mean, my standout <laughs> tracks, I gotta go bonus mosh part two, top <laughs> 10 taking back Sunday song, a decade under the influence. This one again was just the video that they had where that's like wrapping around Adam and just the moments. And again, where Adam's like, I just, you know, I got a bad feeling about this. Um, and again, that was just quoted on everyone's like little away message or whatever. And I just think this song could not escape you that summer. And I still go back to it a lot. And I, I love the slower pace on this one too, the slower pace songs. And they have this photograph is proof, the union, new American classic, and then 180 by summer, which is literally my top three taking back Sunday songs of all time. And I felt this way for years. I still do. And especially now, again, this is where everyone's like, Lisa, just relax a little bit because I get a little like specific, but this is just at a minute 55 of 180 by summer there's a time when this song it just takes me to another place and i'll remember when i was a teenager because it's with fred starting up and adam chiming in and it's just if you're not sure what i'm talking about go to a minute 55 till like 238 you will hear where it just it's so good it gets me all these years later and i think it just showed me that that I'll always be that kid that'll be deeper in love with music where I'll find little things like that and moments in the songs. And it's not necessarily a big lyric or anything, but it's just how they slow down and then it ramps up. And it's just is like, it's so good. Like I'm telling you right now, whatever you're doing after this, even stop this episode, go to a minute 55 of 180 by summer and just go to that part. It is so, so good. And I think that's what set taking back Sunday apart and made me be like, okay, they're more talented than, than just tell other friends. Um, little devotional. I loved Adam's vocals on here. And it just one just always one of my favorites. Slow dance on the inside. I guess maybe I just listed every song on here, but I don't care. This record is one of my all-time favorites. 
And again, I stand it truly meant so much in this era, in this time. And I really wish they would pull this one out instead of tell all your friends on the When We Were Young or any little tour, because we've seen that record so many times. And I just, let's have a where you want to be tour. Let's do it, guys. If any of you are listening to this somehow, I don't know how, but let's get a where you want to be tour. I will be there front and center. I just think any sophomore record and you just, I just think of any sophomore record that you just had to have this massive moment and Taking Back Sunday did. And that's my spiel. Go listen to this record. That's all I'm going to say. And Justine, I got to know your take on this record. You know, to go on again about like the weird, like discourse you were getting for liking this album the most, like mm-hmm. it, you can tell like quality wise too, the sound is more perfected on this one. Yes. Um. And say what you want. Like, okay, I personally absolutely adore the debut album, okay? Mm-hmm. I do. And the reason why I got this one is because somebody gave me a copy of it because they knew I loved Tell All Your Friends so much. Um, and even though how much I loved that first one, you can tell, like, this one was definitely thought of better for quality and everything. And so... Yeah. I, I, it's weird to me that anybody would try to say that this album's not that great because it's silly. They have. I don't know why. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, dude, like, listen to the record and then come back to me. <laughs> it's, it, listen to them side by side. You yes. can love them both. But like, if you're really like listening to them both, this one, the sound is more perfected. And I absolutely adore the first one. Okay. Trust me. I do. That's when I jumped on the TBS was for right. all your friends but this album is more perfected so i'm just saying <laughs> like i just yes. feel like i'm glad you understand silly, me trying to like fight so hard on it. it's like Dude. you can, it's totally fine to like you know be like okay i think this one's definitely made a little better okay that doesn't mean you're completely talking shit on no. tell all your friends i <laughs> love that record i would die i literally yeah. went to any the 10 year of tell all your friends everything i love that record that is what made me fall in love with them much like yourself like it made me fall in love with them but i was being real like musically yeah, everything just, just it was just massive record because it's their second record and they, yeah. they aimed to make it better and i'm sorry but quality wise they did See? um the sound <laughs> is more perfected um and again, like this is just another one of those albums where all the songs as a whole are very good. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's just, again, like it doesn't matter where you entered the story of TBS, okay? You can still realize that this album was made a little better. And I really love Tell Your Friends, but that's the truth. This one was made a little better, you know? But, um, yeah, so somebody gave me a copy of this so because they knew how much I liked to all your friends. And um, like I said, this is another one where just every song is wonderful and perfect. And for me, though, again, of course, like you hit, you know, the songs that I obviously gravitated towards the most. Bonus Mosh Pit Part mm-hmm. 2. The line, well, um, well, it's love, make it hurt. Oh, um, so anybody good. who has dealt it's... with toxic relationships and friendships one after another can relate to that line <laughs> yeah um 
my other favorite has to be um, Decade Under the Influence, kind of for the same similar reason um, with like the line of I thought it through and um, my worst brings out the best in you. So kind of the same thing, like toxic relationships and toxic friendships. Um, they love when you're at your worst moments and that just makes them happy. Um, and I gravitated towards those as somebody that can't hold it, that still can't really hold my friendships. Um, as somebody that was with, you know, um, for me, like if I think about my younger years when it comes to boyfriends, like they were toxic in the way of those are typical teenage boys. But like it was still a little toxic, you know what I mean? And then uh-huh. an abusive relationship, and now I'm finally in something healthy. But like it's very relatable, and all these songs on this album, it just they're done beautifully. And if again, if you are still trying to say that this album is not good in comparison to the first, oh. I think you need to go back and listen to it, dude. Uh, now well, that you're older, yes, I could go on like. <laughs> Literally uh, leading up to this, I've been listening to this like over and over again and just it's even better than I was like praising for years. Like it's, Mm -hmm. oh my God, like I can't. I think now as an adult, you know, looking back on these situations, like I described especially and knowing for what they were and then listening to this album, I think Mm -hmm. might make you understand this album a little bit better. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and you know, even like you saying some of those lyrics and listening back, it, it makes sense because with the departure of um, Will and John from yeah. the band, that there was a lot of turmoil and there was a lot of things and you hear it in the lyrics and whether that's yeah. directly what they're talking about, I don't know. Yeah. Of course, I'm I don't curious. know that personally. It could be. But, I mean, um, who knows? Yeah. And like, I just, I think... It really catapulted Adam Lazara as a vocalist out there. Yeah. I think it really made I, them even more massive because I think people, even people that didn't like Tell All Your Friends l- liked this record and yeah. they were like, okay, they're more mature, but I loved them both. But there's something special about this record and I I still go back to it. And But also I think too, if your favorite album happens to be um, the third record, you wouldn't have that without this album. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I felt like this one. You wouldn't really... get me sure. No. Without this album. Exactly. And I think about every record they did. And then that even new again that came later, which I loved. Matt Fozzi forever. Um, but um, <laughs> I think that you would not. Right. You would not have gotten that sound yeah. and louder now is another record that was so like just massive and good i think this is what led them on the path they did. It took them from like whatever you wanted to call them whether it was like emo you couldn't even call them pop punk i don't even know what you could have called them back with tell all your friends but like you take that and then what they sounded on this record where you want to be and you're absolutely right i was going to bring mm-hmm. that up that you would not have gotten make damn sure without yeah what they did on this record a thousand percent like ah and now i gotta go listen to make damn sure after this because i love that song too but like i just ah i love that i love all these records i really do and i think 
again, if you're going to put some Mount Rushmore of the era, any of these records would be on there. I mean, I'm going to go um, three cheers and this one where you want to be over the used. But mm -hmm. I think that it's still important. But I just so many massive records and just. What a time. Yeah. What a so time. We have, we'll have more to talk about for the <laughs> oh next Oh my God. I can't sure. wait. I can't wait. And like, I bought something really, really cool for like a cool promo um, that I personally can't wait to do. And I have to show Justine that I got it today. I'm not going to tell anybody because I got something really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm excited to talk about these records. And it's exciting to go back to that time and see they just, they mean so much still. And they're so special. And it truly just talks about the time in this era and how when people go, oh, it's not a phase. But it really wasn't because like it's just so important to us, whether it was like what we loved about them, moments we made, like memories. These records have literally stood the test of time. And new people are now discovering them younger people than us um which i love personally i love, I love that the younger crowds are getting gravitated towards these and and again it's funny because like you mentioned earlier it's like we were made fun of for liking this music yeah. we were not liked for liking this music no. um like there really wasn't a lot of emo kids um in my hometown um like there i said i think i mentioned <laughs> i think i mentioned prior like um because well i you also have to think too because you were closer to a city mm -hmm. and i was from a really small town yeah in true. the middle of nowhere which i would consider like you know hillbilly kind of like town <laughs> and so like I there was only me and like probably a few other kids and I don't think I, I don't really think a lot of kids liked MCR um in my town until later on um I remember having them on my um like my binders and stuff and people thought like those guys look pretty weird <laughs> like well they were like, no I'm just kidding right. <laughs> it was like that's probably why I like him. I mean, look at me. It's just, you know, like, which yeah. makes sense. Because if you would see me in high school back then, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, my sense. God. I got to repost but... your little emo, your emo photo that you sent me that I posted for emo day with the, the stripes. Like, oh, my gosh. I need to um, post that again. <laughs> I probably have a couple more I could send you to. Good. But, um, yeah, it's just it's so funny because. I don't think because you have these kids now that are getting into it and they're like, man, I wish I could be back like mm -hmm. around back then. I'm like, no, you don't. Because yeah, it was really didn't get it. <laughs> no. And like the one good Most thing about it, it, the one good thing was the shows were cheaper and you could see smaller yeah. venues. And I think that's how so special about this era is that we were able to see these bands in such a small capacity. And well, also, now you're not going like, to get that with warp tour we had the likelihood of meeting our bands more mm -hmm. oh, yeah. which again in turn was a little bad for the females unfortunately for certain situations mm -hmm. yeah i've um, talked however, about that <laughs> but i mean however though you don't have that so much anymore unless oh. you're paying for a like those vip packages now that cost a lot of money or um by chance you happen to see them outside their bus which doesn't happen much anymore because no. like they tend to you know hermit in their you know designated areas anymore and i do that does kind of make me a little sad you know for kids today because like there's definitely nothing um 
better than being able, even if you feel like you sound like a complete idiot talking to them about how much you love them and what they've done to you, you know, um, they don't really get that anymore. And that kind of makes me sad, you know, a little bit, but I, so like certain aspects, I get why you wish you were back then, you know, but at the same time, it wasn't as collectively, um, accepted as it is now but i do love seeing all these bands getting their dues all this time later and these kids getting it and loving the music and you know and i think that's given all these bands from back then just another like you know dose of like oh look i really did make something great you know, and they can kind of revive themselves a little more and get themselves back out there because some of them never left, mm-hmm. you know? Well, yeah. Well, that's, that's, we talk about that. The used, yeah. the used never They've has never left. stopped. They've never stopped. They've kept yeah. going. And, and so taking back Sunday is another one of them too. Yep. Taking back and, Sunday and, um, oh gosh, who else? Well, under oath stopped for a little while and they started coming back. Um, and then I know kind of what you're talking about right now, yellow card. I mean, they left, but yeah, they kind card. of felt, they felt that same thing you're talking about where they were on Riot Fest and the crowd, everything excited there. I was glad I was there whenever it, they were there. And, and that, that's why they, they yeah. now are doing everything they're doing because they were like, that gave them what you just said. Like that gave yeah. them like, wow, we did something really cool with Ocean Avenue. Let's see what else we can do. And I think yeah. that's really, really cool. And I think it's wonderful because it's really just giving these people more motivation to keep going or to come back and Mm -hmm. um, realize that they did make an impact and they didn't think they did. Because I'm sure so many of these bands didn't think they were that big of a deal for some people, you know, and, um, you know, as much as we want to like not pretend like we're that old, but like a lot of these kids come from parents that were emo. And the reason why they've gravitated towards this is because of what they heard of from their parents and their parents' experiences. And I just love that. I do too. I, I do. I see more and more of that. I think that's the coolest thing. And I think it's even cool because like G's brothers, like in that same right where he missed the curve of a lot of these bands when they were really, really popular. And now he gets to go see them now. And he's like, I want to go see this band, Lisa. And I'm like, yeah, I've already seen them too many times. And no offense, like a ticket price, you know, like I, I wouldn't be like that, but it's like, uh, but it's, I think that's what's but so it's cool. also funny too, that I've noticed too. And like the, um, the age groups too of email, like, so I'm a huge fan of Johnny Gilbert. And Jake Weber. It's really funny because to see what that age group, because they're 10 years younger, okay, and to see what emo they gravitated towards, but the ones that they didn't get into, I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Because there's well, some of like, what? And, you know, and I thought that's, I'm like, that's so funny. But I'm like, but they, they're looking at it from a different um, year group of email. And I wasn't like never shout, never. I was not into that band. Um, that was well past my Oy. like emo time frame, And um, it's just, and it's really interesting to see what emo hit for certain generations. And then what is hitting now with the young, even younger generation that is getting into it, whether they like, 
more of the early emo phases or the later emo phases or they like a combination i just i love all that a lot of them it's funny you brought never shot never i'm probably i don't want to say i'm gonna get canceled but this is the ones where people are gonna be like no lisa us album and a band i never could get into it just, i never did not, either it is just not my jam is made again i think that was like generational though because i didn't get into those either and again like i mean, no, i'm sorry name dropping johnny gilbert again but like it that like brings me to like see how different emo is depending on your generation because mm-hmm. like by that time for those bands like we were all kind of like like we might still like our emo groups and stuff but like we didn't really jump into any of the newer stuff at that point no like everybody swears by mayday parade and that's a band yeah, that i cannot never, not, never like, got into them i could never it just to me and again this is where i'm going to lose people and <laughs> please do not attack me it kind of reminded me of sad boy guitar rock and I was not a sad boy. And, and I think, that, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Again, it's just, it's generational. And there's nothing You're wrong right. with that. If that those right. are emo bands you gravitate towards. That's totally fine. Exactly. I'm but not, no it, hate. But I think it, it just goes to show, um, like, different phases in your life. By mm-hmm. that time, like, oh, gosh, like, what? 20s? Like, 2015? Was it 2015 those times when that kind of stuff came out? Or was it even earlier than that? Oh, I think it was earlier than that. Because people are that. talking about... I lose track of time, everybody. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. But, like, even so, it's, like, um, depending on what age you are and, like, what kind of crowds you run in depends on what emo, like, versions you tend to gravitate okay, towards. Okay, so, real quick, obviously... Uh, Mayday Parade, A Lesson in Romantics. That was 2007. So you're right. We were, okay. we, we were, were at, that would have been college age for me. Yeah, that would have been same here. I was at Columbia. I was at art school. Yeah. So like, it, it makes sense. And I think you're right. You touched on that. Like, that's really, really cool that there's so many different parts of that. But and from I think what like, I've heard too, most of the kids that got into those bands, it was like middle school age for them. Yeah. So that I think in turn, makes sense like it might not have pulled us in but it it did for the uh, next generation of emo so it's funny you bring that up too because obviously a friend of mine brian which we shared the same birthday and he's the host a co-host of emo social club which everybody go check out if you want to listen to that but he brought that up because they covered mayday parade and he brought that up that at the time it kind of missed him and he's my age so we literally it's you're right like it missed us missed the curve but then going back and he was someone that said i need to go back and listen to mayday parade and maybe i'll like oh okay maybe i just missed the curve and didn't get it it's not that it's a bad record it just again anyone listening that likes mayday parade that's amazing i know they're such a staple for so many people but i'm just like but again like there's probably records I talk about, like yeah, cast is named there's... after the band North Star, and there's a record. I tell people that they have no idea who North Star is. They have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. They were part of the emo wave. They weren't as big, but North yeah. Star is this thing loaded. If you listen to that song, is this thing loaded on their record? There's a lyric that says "Stereotherapy heals my lesions." That is where stereotherapy came from. So, um, <laughs> another record that people lost but every time i talk about that younger kids have no idea what the hell i'm talking about oh yeah well there's and that's what's so funny (laughs) it's like there's so many like 
emo bands that didn't get as big that a lot of us listened to back in the day that like anybody getting into emo now or got into it in the later years wouldn't know about and we know it because of the warp tour days where we were yes. able to see some smaller emo bands that didn't get as big but still kind of had their you know their oh draw in for our age group but i i just love to see just even in that like the difference like only like how many years difference like makes you know what i mean and mm -hmm. i just love seeing like what the later emos liked in comparison of after all these albums that we love and grew up on like what once hit for them still and like what really didn't hit for them as much and it's just interesting I I've just always been like very interested in what the different generations like what works with them yeah, so I mean it's gonna be different and it's gonna be like you know, sometimes it's going to be a mix. Sometimes it's going to be one or the other. And I love to see that. And I just love anything that these younger kids are willing to look into. And a lot of them that are getting into it now that are younger, they want to know, like, maybe some of these emo bands that they aren't going to find out about just by the massive mainstream of it all, you know? Well, and, and it's funny you bring that up because even, like, I think about us talking about these records, right? Nine times out of ten, the majority of the younger crowd goes to the Black Parade. They yep. go to the latest TBS record. They don't go to this one where you um and they talk about the used records that are coming out recently. They don't talk about I mean, yes, maybe they go back and listen, but these records yeah. are really important to us in our age group where the other guys, they are still the current stuff where I've slept on the current stuff of these bands hundred yeah. percent. So I think that is so, but that still makes me kind of happy to know that that can, what they're pumping out that they haven't stopped pumping out albums for is hitting the new generations mm -hmm. more, which is great because that means like, they're still making like waves with yeah. these newer kids oh, they and they are. don't even have to go back to the old ones. Like that's still, fantastic we're, and wonderful we're, we're the age group that wants them <laughs> to go back we're, to old listen, shit. we're old and uh, we want to listen to what we know oh god don't talk <laughs> so and too like just to you know say what well, we're gonna have another episode of the ones we missed and again if you liked any of this stuff um let us know which ones were your favorites what you agree on what you disagree on but also something i posted too i would love 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 it's not about the numbers. It's just I want to get us into the algorithm because I've seen when we push the algorithm, people find our show and they enjoy it. This is my birthday month, people. All right. We are here. I would love to hit 200 subscribers on all the platforms, like all together, total. So all you got to do is follow our show, guys. Mm -hmm. And listen, we don't put bar stuff. You just, you know, yeah, share, share it with your friends, share you it on your social media. It'd be great. You, ha you have a little thing that'll just say, hey, there's an episode. And who knows? Maybe you'll like it. Again, it's not about the numbers. I hate pushing it. But it would just be really cool to see that because I see when we push the algorithm, there's friends on my socials. They're like, Lisa, I had no idea you had a podcast. How the hell do you like? Mm -hmm. But again, the algorithm wasn't pushing me towards you. And yeah. I've seen that. And I see the algorithm pushes us towards not my followers. So if we could maybe try to get that, that would just really mean a lot to us because we really believe in this podcast and we work really hard on it. And yes, so that would be a really cool goal. We're almost there and it would be really cool to get there. So yes. 
And again, it's not like, oh, subscribe, give us the clout. No, you know, it's not about that. By now, you know. Um, but it would just really mean a lot. And you can follow us on any social media. Again, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, even though it's dead. We are at stereo.therapy, stereo period therapy. And we will see you next time with a wonderful episode, a wonderful interview by someone. I'm really excited to talk to her. Um, we talked to her this week, so I can't wait to post that. But we will see you guys. And then we'll come back with the other 20-year ones because it'll be a lot of fun. But we will see you guys next time. And we can't wait to share that. And appreciate you guys all listening to this, as always. And, oh, gosh, I can't believe it's February still. Oh, my God. But <laughs> where's this time gone since we started this new year? But we will see you guys next time, bright and early, next Tuesday. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.